catch up online uh, uh, on the podcast there. There's one, there's one solo, solo seat right there. <laughs> but yes, so we will be recording it and you'll be able to listen to it uh, later on to hear what we talked about. Okay, and then, oh, and then last but not least, this series is going to have a, a lot of different voices that will kind of dip in and out of our time. So we'll have Dr. George Goldman over here who will be doing a, a lot of the, the, the lifting. You'll have me most of the time, of course. Then Lauren White, Dr. Lauren White, she'll be here from time to time. Uh, Dr. Josh Strahan will probably make an appearance every now and then. And then um, maybe even, do we know if Sardaki's going to show up? Maybe. Maybe Sardaki. Who knows? It's all TBD. It's all TBD. We'll even get Phil Kemp. Maybe we get Dr. Kemp in here. No, that would be That would be good. That would be a good. I, I think I can do that. Okay. Well, then Dr. Kemp will be up in here, too. Basically, we're going to have a tour of the Lipscomb Bible faculty <laughs> in this space. And maybe somebody better. If we can. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. The difference is they'll do soft cussing in here when they don't do soft cussing. In, well, not Lee. I guess Lee can't cuss. Hard cussing in his classes, probably. <laughs> I'm not cussing anymore. <laughs> oh, you're, you're done? You're giving it up? Any less. Any less, okay. <laughs> but very good. Well, hey, thanks for coming this morning. Let me pray for us, and we'll start our time together. Uh, God, thank you so much for this day, uh, this gift of life. And while this rain may be inconvenienced to us as we wanted to meet outside, we are thankful for it because we know uh, that it is good um, for our earth and for our environment to get some rain. And uh, so, yeah, so... We're thankful. We're thankful for just this beautiful life um, and this opportunity to, to be present uh, this morning. Uh, we pray over this time that we're going to have together. We're thankful for George and the many others that will help uh, us navigate through these um, challenging uh, texts. And yeah, just let us enter this time full of grace and full of peace and full of openness and ready to have conversations and dive into uh, what we're going to be uh, chatting about today and in the coming weeks. Uh, again, we are thankful for Jesus, His life, His example, and His sacrifice. We pray all this in His name. Amen. Okay. Well, I'm glad everybody's here. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Um, we're going to talk about some challenging passages from the Old Testament. And what, the reason I think it's important is, you know, the Old Testament God we sometimes hear contrasted with the New Testament God. Um, and the Old Testament God is judgmental and harsh and angry. And then the, in the, that was before God became a Christian, I guess. Because in the New Testament, He's loving and gracious and forgiving. And so, of course, the God of Jesus is the God of the Old Testament. So Jesus read all these stories and believed all these stories and had... You know, that's that's his dad, right, so to speak. That's describing who God really is. And Jesus is a further revelation of that God. Not a contradictory revelation. So we have to find ways to keep these, these pictures together. And uh, we promise no, no easy answers. There are no easy answers. I don't know all the answers at all. Uh, so that makes for good discussion. So I definitely would love to hear um, your thoughts and have you share and think as we process through this. 
Uh, and I'm sure that together as a group, we can come up with ways to try to um, at least manage, I don't know if that's the right word, or interpret, or maybe avoid some misinterpretations would be a good goal. Try not to misinterpret what these texts teach. So we're going to start out with a doozy today. Um, I came up with that title, Can't Touch This. I'm proud of Why Did God Kill Uzzah? So we're going to read... People should name their kids Uzzah more often, I think. <laughs> it's a cool name. It's a cool name. When I Googled a means for Uzzah, uh, I got a lot of huzzah. I don't know what huzzah means. <laughs> you guys probably know. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, a couple memes which may be hard to see, but this one says, uh, Good God, Uzzah stops the Ark of the Covenant from falling off the back of a cart. As a reward, God kills him for touching it. Good going, God. <laughs> and here, I guess it's Uzzah in heaven or hell. I don't know where Uzzah goes, but last thing I remember, I was trying to steady the Ark. <laughs> so, um... This is definitely a story that is uh, in popular, I mean, is people know about and people have difficulty understanding and something we need to think about and it'll be fun to think about. So uh, I'll read this out loud, but we'll, we'll kind of have this open and there's going to be a discussion for you uh, to think about what questions arise as we read this. What, what bothers you about the passage? What further information do you think would be helpful? What what insights do you get from it? That type of thing. So we're in 2 Samuel 6. Uh, this is before the temple has been built. Uh, the temple is built by David's son Solomon. Um, there is a tabernacle, a tent, but uh, it travels around. It's not all in one place. And the Ark of the Covenant is a piece of that. And if the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God among his people. And David is excited about moving the Ark to a more prominent location in Jerusalem. And so um, he brings together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. So there's lots of people around. It's a big event. He and all his men went to Baalah in Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, who was on the hill, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart. So these are priests. Abinadab's a priest. His sons are priests. So one of their roles is to take care of the, of the ark. Um, with the Ark of God on it, and Ahiah was walking in front of it. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums. What's a sistrum? Is that a drum? I don't even know. That's the first time I've heard. Anybody know that? It feels like it's a drum. It's a bad translation when you use a word nobody knows what it is. Uh, and symbols. Okay. When they came to the threshing floor of Nakan, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the Ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down 
and he died there beside the ark of God. Okay, so take a few minutes to just chat about what bothers you about the story or what stuck out to you from the story. Um, and then we'll, we'll come together and share some ideas. And I have some things to say about it, but I want to hear from you guys what, what questions you have about it or what bothers you about it. All right? All right, discuss with one another. Um, Okay, um, what, uh, let's share some of these thoughts. What, what came up as you were discussing this? Get volunteers, I'm going to go around. Yeah. Okay, we kind of started talking about why it was on the cart in the first place. Like, didn't they usually carry it with poles or whatever? Oh, yeah. That's good. So, were they even supposed to put it on the cart? That's good. That's very good. Um, yes, they, if you, the ark itself had a spot for holes, so it was pretty clear, or for the poles to go through. It was pretty clear that was how it was to be done, and they, they were told carry the ark. Um, so putting it on a cart, it, you know, you could say they should have known better than that. That, that was problematic. And um, have you, you know what the term litter, a litter? A litter is what you carry royalty on, you know, in some, I guess, cultures. Uh, and it's a sign of respect carry it. So maybe that's the analogy that this is God's presence so it, sh it should not be put on a card. It should be carried and that, sh that shows respect for the presence of God. So yeah, that's a good, good point there. Shouldn't have been on a card. Begin with. What else? Good. We just mentioned how like we're not alone in the confusion about it because like the next verse says David was mad at God for striking yeah. him down. Yeah. And like they named that place after like after Uzzah. Yeah, outbreak against Uzzah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The next verse I didn't put it on the slide. I don't think David was angry because the Lord attacked Uzzah. Um, and he was a David was afraid and said, how will the Ark of the Lord ever come to me? So David was no longer willing to bring the Ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Left it there. Um, so what happens is they leave it there, and then God blesses the household that it's in. And so that shows David that it, that gives him the courage to say, I can now bring it. And so then they carry it. So nowhere else in, in Scripture, do they put the ark on a cart again? Now, earlier in 1 Samuel, they had taken the ark into battle because they thought it would help them win to, against the Philistines. 
and they lost. And the Philistines captured the ark. They put it in the temple of Dagon, their god. And they come back the next day, and Dagon's uh, idol is, about, is on the ground in front of the ark. And so they set it back up. And then they come in the day after that, and Dagon's head and arms are cut off and on the threshold of the temple the next day. So then they say, let's move this out of here. They take it to another place in Philistia, and there everybody gets tumors, and it's really hard word to translate. Some translations used to say hemorrhoids. Um, but which are just as bad. <laughs> True. They have an outbreak of tumors, uh, and and the, the Greek translation says also rats. And so they just said, "What are we going to do with this thing? Let's give it back. Let's send it back." So they, the Philistines, put it on a cart, and they put golden tumors and golden rats, uh, images of tumors and rats next to it because their religious people say this is going to, you know, this is an offering, uh, maybe this will help. And they send it back. Um, so some people note that maybe the Israelites here are kind of learning from the Philistines. They put it on a car, we put it on, so there's, there's maybe an element of that. So, yeah, part of the problem. And they, they even David is is worried about what what do we do. Good. What else? Scale of one to ten, how bothered are you by the death of Isaac? It's ten like it, it's like wow, this doesn't sound like God to me. You think, huh? I don't know. It's hard, hard to judge that. Um, let's uh, let's go into, and then we're going to have some more discussion later. But let's go into. Um, so one of the things that sticks out to me from that is it says, uh, God. What does it say exactly? Um, the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah. So God is angry. Why is God angry? So, uh, three things to note here, and I'm getting this from a book called uh, God Behaving Badly. Um, God had commanded Israel to carry the ark because handling the ark was inherently dangerous. In the Old Testament, it's always serious for humans to come close to the presence of God. So whenever people are, you know, not just anybody can approach God whenever you want to, um, there's there's a sense in which we have to do this right, and we can't uh, because God is who God is. Um, we have to take care um, as you would approach any royalty, I guess, or something like that. Um, number two, carrying the ark formed a type of litter uh, that gave honor to God. The ark symbolized God's presence in their midst and deserved respect. So number one is. There are, it's not like they didn't know better. I think that helps some to know that it's not like they're just doing the best they can. God never really told them how to transport the ark. Um, so they're 
it's problematic that they're disobeying God by putting the ark on a cart, even though it was a new cart. And they're um, mishandling something that's very precious. The ark also represented the covenant relationship of God with Israel. God wanted them to take that relationship seriously because God, because God takes that relationship seriously. So, um, the analogy of a wedding ring, if you lose your wedding ring or you don't treat your wedding ring um, carefully, what does that mean about your relationship? Could it mean something about that? I don't think it necessarily means that. Uh, but, you know, you don't really want to lose that. Um, because it symbolizes a covenant. And so the ark, being the ark, symbolizing God's relationship with his people, is not something that that God wants them to not take seriously or not think about or not treasure or to misuse for their own purposes. Um, this is from the book, David Lamb's book. Would you want to follow a God that wasn't passionate about his relationship with you? So, I guess that's the, maybe that's part of someone getting angry. If they're angry about um, mistreatment, it shows that they care about the relationship. If they, if they were just whatever, then that shows a lack of care. Right? Something along those lines. Does that make sense to you? Um, okay. okay. So, what can we learn from the story of Uzzah? This is what I'd like you to take some time to discuss if you haven't already. So, um, well, let me just pause for a minute. Anybody else thinking anything else about the story itself before we move to application? Is there anything else that we miss playing out that we might want to ask a question about? And feel free to bring those back up. But let's move to, okay, what, what do we learn about God from this story? And how, how, do, how does what we learn about God from this story, what should we do based on that what we want to have. Well, and I'll, I'll even throw in yeah. this. So, do we, in any of the you know things we've been talking about, does God ever say, yep, that was me, I did that. Does the voice of God say, yeah, I struck them down. Yeah, I gave those people hemorrhoids. I'm going with that translation. <laughs> or is that just something that the, that these that the author of these particular texts are saying? Yeah. This is what God is doing because. Yeah. And that's I mean that's my I guess that's more of a question, not a statement. Yeah, I I think there's some worth thinking about that. My general reaction to that, and and part of that's my own. When I read the Bible, I'm. I have to admit that I'm reading it, um, taking it almost at face value. Okay. Like when I read it, I say, okay, the narrator here is reliable, and if it says God did this, then God. Did I think this. God did it, but because I, I it factors in your view of inspiration into that as well. Uh, but that being said, I also know that anytime 
we talk about God, there's necessarily some some metaphor and analogy there because we can never, as finite human beings, understand. So a God you could understand fully would not be a God worth worshiping is what some people um, so we have to recognize that there's parts of this that we can't understand. But I, what I'm interested in is I think the way the Bible reveals God to us means that when we dwell on a story like this, there's probably some things that that wake us up to some things that we need to know and understand that, that are going to make our lives better if we think about it. So... That, that's my reaction yeah. to that, but I, I do, I do know that there can like people think about Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament. They get struck down uh, during the contribution, right? <laughs> Which is a scary thought. So if we're passing the plate around and somebody dies, and so there's theories about did, did God strike them dead? Because there it doesn't say that God was angry. Some people think you know maybe Peter killed them or. I for sure can just Peter be a hard time. <laughs> You've been looking to kill somebody. But one of my, you know, one of my thoughts, Patrick, is, you know, and I, I guess I feel this sometimes myself, we try to get God off the hook for these things. And what I'm saying is maybe instead of trying to get God off the hook, what is it that God's trying to tell us that we need to know based on no, this? Good. So, yeah, you guys uh, discuss this for a little bit. What? Yeah. What do you think we can learn? I'd like to hear some, some things. Um, just to give you, like, think about the presence of God, how, you, how, we, how we should think about coming into God's presence. I think there's some things about worship here that probably should come in. Um, what's the right... Well, I we'll get to this. I'm just going to... I'm not going to get too far into this. But I don't know say, but... Uh, Talk with each other about this and then let's share some of those thoughts as well. Okay. Take uh, about five minutes. Ready break. So, um, let's take a few minutes here. Um, what, what are you guys talking about as far as what, what can we learn from this story? Um, let's just start back there in that corner. Anybody want to yeah. say uh, One thing we kind of talked about was, I think that it, you know, they were supposed to carry the ark, but they just kind of thought it was easier to put on a cart, and God struck them dead for that. I think how often there's things I know God wants me to do, but I'm like, a little bit easier if I just do it this way, and I take that, you know, that route. How many times I would have been struck dead? <laughs> yeah, and we were talking about that up here as far as, um, Somebody mentioned the analogy of the wedding ring. You know, if your husband loses his wedding ring, you're not going to strike him dead for it. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm upset, but, you know, you know that kind of destroys the relationship altogether. Um, but this is a more communal representation, so if you're in a community, it's a little different. And um, we, we see times in Scripture where God, you know, and I've, I see, well, this is. The, I'm thinking about as a teacher. As a teacher, at the beginning of the semester, you have to grade strict. If you're going to grade strictly at any point, it has to be at the beginning. If you start off not grading very strict, and then at the end 
you're giving it all kinds of complaints. If you start off strict and then loosen up, no complaints at all, right? Everybody's happy. So, um, I, I wonder, I mean, it makes some sense that the times that God, like, analyzes the fire in the New Testament is at the beginning, you know, it's, it's, it's they're, they're faking being righteous, and a community that's full of fakes is a bad community. So I have to show them. And so, in this case, they're moving the ark, they're getting ready to build a temple, uh, God's presence is going to be there. I have to make sure that they do not take my presence lightly and understand the gravity of this. So, and and I had a teacher one time who said, we, we do not know us's final destiny. And that helped me at the time. I don't know if it still helps me, but I was just thinking about that. He's like, you know, the Bible doesn't say us goes to hell. It says he died. So, actually in the Old Testament, you don't have much talk of hell at all. So, Phil Camp, the Old Testament prophet, uh, my friend always says, you know, the Old Testament's easier than the New Testament. We don't have hell to deal with, you know. <laughs> you talk about an angry God, you know. That's 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 the, the that's a ultimate. Extent of it. Um, so, yeah, I think there's some things to think about as far as us being an example uh, at the time. Um, but one 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 piece to put in there. Yeah. Okay. What else? About up here at the front area, yeah. yeah. I think um, you know. I initially, when I hear this, I get I get pretty like frustrated. But if I think about it in terms of like you know, we don't know as a story. Like his dad could have forced him into being a priest. He's like, I don't want to do this. He has to go on this journey. He doesn't want to do that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the car starts to tilt, and he just touches it because he doesn't care. Like, yeah. You know, I I don't know, and I'm not trying to like. We haven't I mean, could have been super right, right. reverent or whatever, but I don't know. I can, I can, if I start to think of it that way, I can sort of justify it in my head in some yeah. ways. So one of the things that people do is they say, you know, Uzzah is not this innocent bystander who sees something happening to the ark and then reaches out to help. Um, so... Some people, we have to think, now the, te- the problem is the text isn't very clear about Uzzah's motivation or background. We don't have his backstory at all. Except to know that he was a priest and he, sh- he should have known better. Uh, God had commanded him clearly to carry the ark. So, you know, there is some disobedience there. Um, but I think it does help to, to know that Uzzah, like sometimes the way the story is told, you just imagine that they're all walking beside and Uzzah's just a, a normal person and the ark starts to fall and he helps it and he's got pure motives and pure conscience and he's struck dead for it. Um, so somewhere in between him being pure and him being you know, a scoundrel who fake, he doesn't say that either. But I, I do think there's, it's good to know that he's, his responsibility is to take care of the ark, and they're taking that responsibility lightly in some ways. And so he's not just an innocent bystander. There's something about Ezra that factors in there. What else? Yeah. Um. So when we're talking about like the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, it is the same God, and a lot of the times when we talk 
about God, we refer mainly to God as the God of the New Testament because it's the version we tend to like more. Um, and whenever we talk about God, we refer to him as the Father. And if we're going to look at God through that parental lens, you have to apply it also to the Old Testament. And this is just an example of one of those stories. It's very extreme, but it's still an example of God told his children to do something. They didn't do it. There's a consequence of the actions. God's going to love them the same, but the unfortunate consequence is someone died. And, like, again, extreme. <laughs> but, like, what happens when your parents tell you something? You don't do it. They're going to be like, this is why I told you. You have to learn from your own mistakes. And so it's an important thing to, like, keep in mind when you're hearing the story. Because, like, Whenever my parents, I get in trouble for something my parents told me not to do, they have to take on part of that, but I also have to take on my side of the blame for it as well. Yeah, there are consequences. Um, in any relationship, there are consequences. Um, if, it's, if it's going to be a real relationship, um, otherwise it just shows it doesn't matter. Um, and the Bible, even in the Old Testament, often describes God as slow to anger and patient and forgiving and abounding in kindness and mercy all through the Old Testament as well. So when we see God getting angry, it's not, it's not a knee-jerk. It's, there's a series of events that leads up to that. And I know as a parent I can see that as well. When I go up, it's because usually it's a long series of things. It's not just the first time. Uh, I'm done now. Okay, there's going to be consequences over it. I told you hundred times. You know whatever. Okay, good. Let's go through some of the things here. This is several things you brought up. Um, be careful of using God for your own agenda rather than seeking to be part of God's agenda. So, yeah. <laughs> We see this in politics, scary thing to think, you know, and it, every politician sometimes uses religion for their own agenda. Um, and I think that's one thing I learned from this. Uh, God cares about his relationship with us. Um, and that's both comforting and scary. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. This is from Eugene Peterson. Us's death was not sudden, it was years in the making. The dead works accumulating like dead men's bones within him, suffocating the spirit of praise and faith and worship. So this gets into the backstory of Uzzah, which we don't really know. But this is Eugene Peterson's take on it, that this is this is the result of years of not paying attention to what you should pay attention to. Not just the one-off thing. Um, John Mark Hicks says, Uzzah sought to manage and control God rather than serve Him. Mm -hmm. Is there one more thing in there? Okay. Um, so, you think those things help as we try to interpret this story about Uzzah? So, um, it's a good story to read, I guess, as you think about if you're going into worship time. 
this is it makes you, at least it makes me think this is important. Right? This is something I need to take seriously. Um, and, it, and it also is a reminder of how easily we can just start taking God for granted and the, the privilege of worshiping God for granted. And it's kind of a wake up to say, wow, we have a God who loves us, wants to let us do what us, wants the best for us. And we have the opportunity to praise and worship. Um, because this is a big worship thing. And if you keep reading the chapter, uh, David, well, David eventually says, okay, I think we can bring the ark. God's not angry. Um, and they carry it this time, and they have a big worship thing. And it says that David is dancing before the Lord in a linen ephod, which is apparently not a very long garment and kind of thin. Anyway, um, he's dancing. They're worshiping. This is just what the, this is what the text says, right? Different times, um, you know. His wife, who is the daughter of Saul, uh, sees what he's doing and says, she rebukes him and says, made a fool out of me acting that way. And David says, I'm worshiping God. You know? um, and the text says that uh, Saul's daughter, Michael, uh, was barren and did not have children. Um, and some of that is, is just continuing the Saul narrative from earlier in 1 Samuel. Um, but it's another, to me, it's another difficult thing about the consequence of, of, of punishment. Um, but that kind of brings in the context of worship into this whole story. That it should be a time of exuberance and praise. And David is an example in that case of someone who's willing to be ashamed uh, or to act silly in, in worship. Or I don't know exactly act silly is the right thing, but is expressive, um, and the point is, you know, don't condemn that type of thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you very much for being here. I enjoyed our conversation. Yeah.